Welcome back to another episode of Straightaways. I'm your host, Drake Trader, here to tell you about uh, Straightaways. No, welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed uh, this. Honestly, it was a great week of football. Really fun week of football. Enjoyed all the games. Thought there were some really strong ones. Uh, some really fun performances we'll chat about here in a second. But uh, trade deadline has come and gone, most likely, in most of your leagues. And you probably squeezed some tight ones in there at the last minute. If you didn't, shame on you. You definitely should have. Uh, but I just posted about some very fun trades I made in my 10-team PPR Dynasty Salary Cap League that I play in with some high school friends. We've, uh, If you listen to the show, you've heard Josh and Rob, who are both in that league, chat on the podcast. I posted about all the trades I made in there over the past couple of weeks to get to a point of contention because uh, one of the other rosters in my league went after Christian Kirk. He already has guys like Jalen Waddle, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup. And uh, I had to go out and get A.J. Brown, and I had to go get uh, Garrett Wilson, and I had to go get uh, Devontae Adams. So go check out that that little trade story on my TikTok. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about playoffs. That's where you should be pivoting right now. You're either in or you're out. If you're in between, you need to pay attention because you still might have a chance. Um, and, hey, if, you, if you're really out of it, pay attention because you might learn something new, a new late-season strategy to help you out next year. If you did make some deadline trades at the end of the deadline, I want you to uh, send them to me. Send them to me over Instagram, over TikTok. Let me know what you did and if it turned out well for you. And let's take a look at what your matchups are going to look like in week 15. Voice messages, you can leave them on the anchor page. Uh, you can find it in the, the description of the podcast. Starter say questions, leave them in review, five-star review. Or you can ask them directly through the Spotify question channel if you listen on Spotify. Become a monthly supporter uh, because in the future I'm going to be offering continuous support and uh, access to my expert analyst advice. Let's get into it with the week 12 recap. All right, starting us off at quarterback Justin Herbert emerges finally 35 fantasy points. Uh, believe it or not, actually, I went had to, had to look this up. This is Justin Herbert's first ever QB1 game. Uh, the first time he's ever finished as the QB1 on the week his entire career. It's not his highest point game. He had a couple of other games. I think he had uh, like a 50-point game last year. He had a 55-point game at one point. But it was his first QB1 game ever. He's always been behind Lamar, Deshaun, Josh Allen, Mahomes, even Tannehill last year in Week 5, uh, or in Week 5 2020, rather. But his high-scoring game this year so far, and uh, it was against one of the worst defenses this year as well. So keep that in mind. Week 5 last year, Lamar had 52, Herbert had 51, Tom Brady had 50, Josh Allen 43, Jameis Winston 34, Davis Mills 31, Carson Wentz 29, Mayfield Baker 27. That was week 5 of last year. What a time. Gosh, looking back, what a what a cool lineup. Also having four quarterbacks in within, you know, like the top 43 43 and above fantasy points. That's pretty crazy. Davis Mills with 31. That's nuts. Other quarterbacks on the week who uh, who kind of shined a little bit. I'll go through this quick little list. Josh Allen, 34 fantasy points. Jalen Hurts, 34 fantasy points. A.J. Brown, thank God, caught a touchdown at the end of that game or I would have lost it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 31 fantasy points. Mike White up here hanging out as the QB1 in New York. 31 fantasy points. Kyler, 29. Kirk Cousins, 28. Mac Jones, 27. Derek Carr, 27. And Lamar, 25. 
So it was one of the better overall quarterback weeks since week two, but we are missing some very key names from that top group, as I'm sure you can feel it if you got one of these guys. Jimmy G, 15 points. That's his floor. I mean, take it take it for what you can have. Aaron Rodgers, 14 points, and Russell Wilson, 10 points. Denver's the worst scoring offense in the league. All right, running back, one man stands alone at the top of the mountain. And I'm going to play a little uh, a little clip here for him because I think he deserves it. All right, Josh Jacobs, 53 fantasy points, 33 attempts, the most amongst all running backs. 229 yards on the ground, the most amongst all running backs this week. Two touchdowns tied for first with Kenneth Walker and Miles Sanders with two each. Six for 74 in the air, third most reception yards amongst running backs this week. Man, he went absolutely nuclear and supposedly all this on a bum calf right now, too. Like they had him sitting out of practice, I think, on Tuesday earlier this morning because today is uh, Tuesday, the 29th of November. Um, but yeah, moving forward, listen, I want to uh, this episode is going to be mainly focused on, uh, like I mentioned earlier, making sure that we're preparing for the playoffs. So I'm going to talk about his week 15 matchup here, which is that first week of playoffs. They are playing New England and Josh Jacobs is a great Running back has been incredible a couple weeks this year, but New England has also held David Montgomery to 15 yards this or 15 attempts for 62 yards this year. Last week they held Dalvin Cook to 22 attempts for 42 yards. So just adjust your big lofty expectations because the coming schedule for the Raiders is not super super uh, beneficial for Mr. Jacobs. Until then, though, we've got the Chargers, the Rams for 13 and 14, two pretty good good decent matchups for the for the Raiders. New England, which is meh, Pittsburgh, which is meh, San Francisco, which is meh, and KC, which is good. So that playoff matchup schedule is a little bit tough on the legs for Mr. Jacobs. Keep that in mind. Uh, maybe it's worth picking up Amir Abdullah, who got involved pretty much immediately, very similar to like Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon situation in. Cincinnati. Uh, two great matchups for Jacobs coming up, though, the Chargers and the Rams. He's currently the RB2 on the season. He finished top two four times so far this season. The other guys on this list, uh, there's only one other guy on here who's been anywhere near what he has been, and it's Austin Eckler. For the rest of the week, this week, we had Miles Sanders with 31 points, Austin Eckler 25, James Conner 21 points. He went 25 for 120, 3 for 3 for 20 in the air and a touchdown. So really good outing from James Conner. Other guys on this list, Brian Robinson, 21 points. He went 18 for 105, and then he was 2 for 3 for 20 and one touchdown in the air. So really similar uh, outing compared to Connor, with the exception of he had 7 less carries and 15 less yards. Um, but he finished with the same amount of fantasy points. So Jamichael Hasty also finished 21 fantasy points. Ramondre Stevenson, my guy, 20 fantasy points. 9 for 10 for 76 in the air, which is absolutely insane. Like His reception percentage on this team is is in the elite category compared to some of the wide receivers on other teams. So keep that in mind moving forward. If you've got him, stash him, hold on to him. It's not worth talking about trades at this point because most of you probably have a trade deadline. So really what I think the most uh, beneficial way for us to discuss these players is a la talking about the matchups, which we'll get here to more in a few minutes. Nick Chubb, 20 points. Rashad White, 20 points. Rashad White went 14 for 64 on the ground, 9 for 9 in the air for 45, which is also a really high 
high target percentage. Um, the only sitch here with with this nine for nine for forty five is you know that those are dump off passes from Tom Brady. Not a lot of yards after the catch for Rashad White. Essentially had five yards per catch there. Samaj P. Ryan finished with 19 points in Joe Mixon's absence, which is to be expected. Gave that a shout-out last week on the pod if you listened. Disappointments. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both finished 10 and 11 points, respectively, which, you know, isn't terrible, but, like, not what you've been getting from Williams for the past couple weeks. Dalvin Cook, 10 points. He was 22 attempts for 42 yards. And 4 for 5 in the air for 14 yards. So 6.4 of that was saved by his, his air work which Jacobs doesn't get as much of, I think, or at least didn't this week. So to reference what I was talking about earlier, um, beware against that New England matchup week 15. Not that you're going to sit him, just adjust your expectations, maybe throw a flex play with a higher ceiling than you typically would with a floor player. CMC finished with nine points, but he's got some sort of knee irritation going on. Elijah Mitchell went back on IR, so I'll talk a little bit here at the end of the show with who I think you can grab off waivers and, and throw on your roster as a backup for CMC. Kareem Hunt finished with three points. Deshaun Watson's coming back. This doesn't change Kareem Hunt a ton for me, but we know his ceiling if something happens to Nick Chubb. So I still feel comfortable rostering Kareem Hunt in every single league if I'm competing. Damian Harris, uh, I don't know if it's just because I love Ramondre Stevenson or what, but I'm out on Damian Harris. Like He just didn't do well with what he was given in this game. I think he had eight attempts, just didn't put much up. So um, last guy here I want to mention, Melvin Gordon signed with the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, so keep that in mind. If he's on your waiver wire, go grab him. Wide receiver. We've got six guys in this top-tier performance range, in my opinion. We've got leading the pack, Justin Jefferson and Chris Godwin, both with 29 points. Jefferson went 9 for 139 and a touchdown. Chris Godwin went 13 for 110 and a touchdown. 10 points this week. He went 9 for 139 and a touchdown. Right there with him, Chris Godwin, 29 points, 13 for 110 and a touchdown. Then you got Amon Ross St. Brown hanging up here with the big dogs again. I mean, this guy's an absolute monster. 28 points, 9 for 122 and a touchdown. And then Zay Jones, wide receiver four on the week, 28 points, 11 for 145, no TD. Garrett Wilson, 26 points, 5 for 95, two touchdowns. And those are the top uh, six guys. Oh, and T. Higgins, who had 24 points. He went 7 for 114 and a touchdown. So that's the top tier this week. The next guys, you'll you'll recognize a couple names, but we've got some, some as usual, non typical performers Isaiah McKenzie six for 96 and a touchdown Stefan Diggs 22 fantasy points eight for 77 and a touchdown but he saw 15 targets in that game which is pretty wild Adam Phelan 21 he went nine for 61 and a touchdown then you've got a, uh, just a myriad of different types of guys DJ Moore 20 points DeAndre Carter 20 DK Metcalf 20 and then D-Hop Aguilar 19 each CD 18 Traylon Juwan Jennings uh, Amari Cooper, Mac Holland. So you got some guys mixed in that you expect to see, but the disappointments in this category this week, Devonte Adams, Jalen Brown, AJ, Jalen Brown, Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, all 14, 13 points, respectively. Terry McLaurin, nine, Devonte Smith, nine, Christian Kirk, eight, Debo Samuel, seven, Mike Evans, five, Juju, seven, Lazard, four, DPJ, four. Not a great week for some of those guys. All right, tied in. No champions this week. No one that really led the pack uh, super aggressively. We've got Dalton Schultz, 19. Josh Oliver, who's a backup tight end for the Ravens, if you weren't familiar. Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews both. Uh, I think Mark Andrews did play in this game, but for some reason Oliver was a was a prime beneficiary. 
Travis Kelsey with his 16 points. Got to gotta expect it slash respect it. It's going to be consistent. That's a floor, which is pretty great as the ceiling of a lot of these other guys. TJ Hawkinson, 15. Hunter Henry, 15. Jordan Akins, 15. David Njoku, 14. Foster Moreau and Hayden Hurst, both with 12. Disappointments, Mark Andrews, I mean, you know, 11 points. I don't know if you call that a disappointment as much, uh, but, you know, the dude's missed four games this year, and he's still tied in two on the season, so I don't think it's really a disappointment. 11 points is a pretty good floor. George Kittle, six, eh, you know, I mean, I, I've mentioned before, every week for that 49ers offense, you kind of take a gamble. CMC also disappointed this week. Dawson Knox, four points. Greg Dulcich, three points, but he had a touchdown that got called back, so... He has that touchdown. He's sitting up there with 11 points, which is still not great. It's the last guy on that list of, of guys earlier next to Hayden Hurst and Foster Moreau, who both had 12. So, you know, Greg Dulcich, man, that offense is just so, so bad. Juwan Johnson, uh, zero points. It thus ends the era of the touchdown. And Mike Kosicki, zero points as well, which sucks because I had to spot start him in a league and thought he'd at least give me like five, but he got zero, which is, which is crushing. All right, that wraps up the weekly recap. Now we are going to talk some playoff waiver strategy. So, playoff waiver strategy. Couple of key points here. Number one, what are we trying to do with our roster? We are looking for rest of season upside, not floor. I've been preaching that all season. Get ready for it. It's here, right? So, I'll explain specifically what I mean by that here with some player examples. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to maximize your weekly points. Because once you get to week 15, if you don't have a bye week on week 15 when you got to play someone... You got to win that week. That's all you got to win. You got to take a week by week. You got to win week 15, then to week 16, then to week 17. This is where those number three teams that have been good all season lose to a number six seed because they weren't prepared in the first round of the playoffs. So pay attention. Leverage your opponent's lineup to minimize the risk of your roster. So if you see that your opponent has, let's say, Kyler Murray, and for whatever reason you're deciding between a flex play and those players are... Uh, Greg Dortch and Equinemius St. Brown. Obviously, you probably need Dortch anyways. But right, you're 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 gonna choose a player that has um, some sort of give on your opponent's roster. So that if Kyler Murray's doing well, you know you're hopefully tying taking some of that those targets away towards a player like Greg Dortch. The vice versa can happen as well, though. So be careful, right? Like if you want to, maybe you have a lineup that's completely opposite. You have no correlating players or stacks in your lineup. You want to get as different as possible from your opponent. You're still going to go for that upside play and put in a player that has a higher potential on a weekly basis in your lineup. But what we're actually talking about here for waivers is not getting guys that you think you're going to have to use, right? You're, you're trying to grab guys that you hope you don't have to use, but you can if you need to. So get, that means you're going to get rid of players on your roster, on your bench, that haven't served the purpose of right now, which we're pivoting to, which is win the week. Get rid of players that are meddling up your roster, players on injured reserve. Drop guys that are not going to come back until week 16 or 17 right now. Um, you know, don't drop Cooper Cup, 
but drop Darnell Mooney, drop Allen Robinson, drop any of those guys that have an injury, drop uh, – what's the running back for uh, Elijah Mitchell? Drop him. Um, add, load up on players like this, Jamison Williams, Josh Palmer, Isaiah McKenzie, Richie James, Darius Slayton. Go get guys that you know are going to produce as the season goes on because their teams are either in contention or they're going to be continuing to play at a high level and they're going to get opportunities. There's no one in, in New York right now to catch balls. Richie James and Darius Slayton will immediately be, you know, top 20 wide receiver picks, I think, in some degree, whether they're flip-flopping or they're both up there. Isaiah McKenzie someone to have on your roster just in case. You get an injury to Gabe Davis, you've got Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, and, and Stephon Diggs running out there. So someone to, to stash up on your roster. Some other names for you guys, Van Jefferson, Nelson Aguilar in light of Jacoby Myers' injury, Kendall Hinton. Uh, I know I've talked about the, the Broncos having a terrible scoring team, the worst in the league, but Kendall Hinton's seen 17 targets and 154 yards the past three weeks, so something to pay attention to. Browns players, with Deshaun coming back, try and capitalize on anything that's going to change drastically, you know, has the potential to change drastically, like a new quarterback. Same with Jets players. I'm, I'm going to grab Elijah Moore off the waiver wire, stash him in the event that Mike White flips a switch on a weekly basis and maybe Elijah Moore becomes a little bit more valuable as the season goes on. And that's going to take us to the drop list. Who are the guys you can get rid of? Oh, some of the names on this list, it's going to pain me because I built a hill on a couple of these guys. But Drake London leads the list. And you got Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson. I already mentioned them. Wandale Robinson, get rid of him. Alec Pierce, don't need him. KJ Osborne, drop. Jarvis Landry, drop. MVS, drop. You're looking for high floor players with a sprinkle of upside, right? So... Um, if you have that week one buy, that's incredible. And if you have to play week one, you want to look ahead and, and start to look at that matchup, who you're going to play in your league, and go ahead and start to make those moves now. Because as, as things tighten up, players are going to get a little more stingy with who they're grabbing off the wire. And listen, we've got right now it's it's week 13. We're coming into week 13 for us. The NFL still has, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, six weeks uh, to play football and you know attrition will happen there will be players that go down in the next couple of weeks with injury and you will want to have rostered some of these players to have them to be able to back up if you are not in the playoffs um then i'm sorry you had to listen to everything up to this point but i have some advice for you if you're still on the cusp maybe or you've already decided that you're out being active on the waiver wire can make or break someone else's season giving you maybe a chance you wouldn't have had otherwise so if you're somewhere in the middle um, even if you don't think you have a chance to beat the number one team, grab guys off the waiver wire, stay competitive in that direction and keep them away from other players, you know, be competitive, make it, make it a fun game. Cause it might open up a window of opportunity for you. You wouldn't have had if you wouldn't have, uh, gotten the guys you needed. All right. Uh, we are also going to chat really quickly about the matchups for week 15. Who's playing who from a team basis. So, uh, the chargers are playing the Tennessee Titans should be a great game for both sides of the ball. Feel great about all those players. This is not week 13. This is week 15, the first week of playoffs, giving you guys a heads up on those matchups. Carolina players look like they're going to be in a good matchup versus Pittsburgh. San Francisco players and Seattle players. Um, I'm a little weary of the Seattle guys, but you know there might be a little bit more attrition on the San Francisco defense, and they haven't been the last two weeks as incredible as they typically are. New England and Las Vegas, this, this is the matchup I've kind of alluded to. I'm a little worried about the Las Vegas side of the ball, but I think the New England side is going to really step up. Ramondre is a great start in this game. Kansas City at Houston, 
I uh, don't even want to talk about that matchup other than the Kansas City guys like Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. New Orleans at Atlanta. Uh, New Orleans players feeling good about those guys in this matchup. Chris Olave will be a great start in Week 15. Indianapolis at Minnesota. I think this will be a fun matchup as well. Philadelphia at Chicago should be good to have Justin Fields back fully healthy and see him battle it out with Jalen Hurts in week 15. Baltimore at Cleveland. Um, this will be an interesting individual game. It might might settle some actual playoffs for either of these teams, so it should be some fun matchups. Cincinnati at Tampa Bay, also really, really great matchup for this week. Both sides of the ball. Detroit at New York Jets could be a really fun high-scoring game as well if both of these defenses are not performing at their best. Washington at the Giants also could be a fun individual game. Giants players feeling great about them. Not so much any of the guys on Washington that week. And then Buffalo versus Miami, which will be, of course, hopefully as star show-stopping as it was earlier in the year. Last team I'm not going to mention. Three teams I'm not not going to spend any oh, – I'm not going to spend – I didn't spend time on any of those teams. But look, three teams that I'm not excited about. Rams at Green Bay that week. Denver at Arizona. Dallas at Jacksonville. Maybe some of those Dallas guys, but outside of that, even the Arizona, even the Arizona crew, like against that Denver defense, is not not super exciting. So, I'm gonna take us into a segment now. Uh, it's called Rewind, and I'm gonna go back and look at some of the takes from Week One, Week Two, and Week Three. Tell you guys who I was hot on, who I was cold on, how we did looking back, and uh, have some accountability here. So, let's get into it. Hit the Rewind segment. <laughs> All right, so I went back and looked at the show docs. I pulled the data. Uh, these are players I was super hot on earlier in the season, players I was super hot on, and um, these are these are the takes I got. I got correct. We'll start with these. It's a little bit of a brighter side of the story. I was pro Hollywood Brown. He was the wide receiver five weeks, one through six. Obviously, got hit with the uh, the old injury bug and had to step out of the lineup for a few weeks, but he came back to 10 targets, and that, that has me feeling really good about that take originally in the season. I have Hollywood Brown everywhere. I was pro Tua in week two in my show doc. I, I said, listen, go grab him. He's a sleeper for the rest of the season. He was QB 16 in week one. He is still QB 16 currently. But he's missed some time. He's not played for a couple of weeks. He's 29 points per game when he plays the entire game. And if he played all 11 weeks up to this point, he would be a top five QB on the season just based on his lower points per game projection. So uh, I was pro Devin Singletary. And I kind of mentioned earlier that he could be a late season league winner in my week two episode. He is currently RB 20. And I think he was drafted in the RB early 30 range. So pretty big increase there. I was anti DJ Moore. And so far, that's panned out fairly well because he's had some decent games. But overall, if you were starting him on a weekly basis, you'd be relatively disappointed with your ability to compete. I was pro Gerald Everett, which worked out really well the first seven weeks as he was the tight end six. And then uh, the Chargers offense fell off the map for a little bit and completely disappeared. I was pro Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, and Amon Rock coming out of the drafts, telling people to go grab those guys. Um, I thought they were incredible values where they were being drafted, and all th- all three of them still are, are you know top ten players right now, all top ten PPR players this year. So 
feeling very spicy about those picks. I was pro Zay Jones in week three. I went back and, and saw that I, I actually called out that he had a 22.6% target share in that at that point in the season. And I went and looked right now. He's got a 22.7% target share. So his target share has increased 0.1% in the past 10 games, or in the past uh, eight games, rather. He has more target share in his offense than Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Waddle, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Rondale Moore, etc. So Zay Jones, potential league winner. Uh, if he's on your waiver wire, I might go grab him. He's one of those players I'm feeling pretty confident about throwing out there, uh, especially with this kind of a target share percentage. I was also pro spend all of your fab, and I definitely did in my main redraft league, spend all of your fab uh, on Kenneth Walker in week three, and that turned out really well for us. There are also some wide receivers I called out in a wide receiver blitz in the first episode in the positions that they were being drafted in. Rashad Bateman, I called out as wide receiver 33. That's pretty bad take. Didn't end up panning out. Elijah Moore, wide receiver 38 in the draft. Bad take. He's currently wide receiver 88. Things look like they might kind of turn around a little bit late season for him, though. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 43 in the draft. I said, hey, grab him earlier. Great take, obviously. Wide receiver 10. Kadarius Toney, wide receiver 47. I called out George Pickens, wide receiver 48. I called out MVS. All those guys just kind of ended up right around, you know, where they started, to be honest with you. Jamison Williams, though, wide receiver 62. He's obviously not going to finish higher than that on the season because he hasn't played much. But in terms of uh, points per game and his ability to compete, when he comes back, he could definitely make an impact on your roster. Nico Collins, wide receiver 68. He's wide receiver 59, so he's moved up a little bit. And Alec Pierce. And then in the week two panic alarm, I said, hey, beware for these players and teams. Um, at that point, I said the Dallas offense is going to be atrocious for the first eight weeks, and they they were not very good. Uh, they won some games with Cooper Rush. Cam Akers, Devontae Smith, uh, Nico Collins, Kenny Galladay. This is week two panic alarm. Like, hey, these guys are move off of them pretty quickly if you can. Robert Woods, Allen Robinson was on that list, Kadarius Toney. So a lot of those guys after week one pretty much identifying quickly that, that it's time to move on and uh, some hits and some misses there, but – Let's talk about where I was wrong. Players that I was really cold on and the takes themselves were even colder. I was anti-Antonio Gibson in week one. He uh, he was the RB23 in preseason ADP, and I said, stay away. I, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole, and he's currently the RB16. So I think I don't have Antonio Gibson in any leagues, I'll be honest with you. Uh, obviously I told you I was out on him. I'm going to be a man of my word, but at the same time, I think if you did roster Antonio Gibson, you probably weren't super thrilled with what you got out of him with what you were expecting from your, your kind of dead set RB two. I was pro Matt Ryan. I said, Hey, this guy's getting drafted at QB 20. Uh, he's got to finish better than that in this league with a bunch of kind of question marks around some of the new players. That was not the case. He finished, uh, he's currently quarterback 23. He had uh, zero offensive yards to the first quarter on Monday Night Football last night when I was writing this episode before I recorded. And um, yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> terrible take on my part. I was pro James Conner. He was uh, drafted as the RB16. Injuries kind of derailed this. I think on a points per game basis, he's hanging in the mix. Uh, he's currently RB24. So I, I did miss the mark there by about eight spots in the at this point in the season. But his last four-game pace would have him at about 17 points per game, and that's somewhere between Joe Mixon and Ramondre on the on the style of the season and how they've played. So uh, that's a mix of games with a floor of 12 points, you know, when they released Eno Benjamin in a couple nine-point games and in a 22-point in a game. So pretty healthy mix there. I think, I think James Conner can still work out for you. 
I was anti-Travis uh, Etienne and pro-James Robinson, and it looked great for the first couple weeks. It's not worth comparing at this point their ADP and their fantasy finishes because so much has changed on that offense, and there's been injuries and players have moved rosters. Robinson's on the Jets now. Um, and, you know, Robinson was RB3 week one through three and then absolutely just tumbled off a cliff uh, and into nothingness. So I was I was dead wrong on that take. I was very pro A.J. Dillon from week two recap. I There's a quote here from myself. A.J. Dillon got 18 attempts. Green Bay will continue to use him and Aaron Jones until their legs turn to dust. And uh, that one has not not fared very well as time has gone on in my favor. Um, I was pro Alec Pierce. And, uh, man, guy ain't been much more than just riding alongside that decline of the Indianapolis franchise. Same problems as, as Michael Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor in that offense can't really get a lot going whenever there ain't a lot going for you. All right, guys, those are the takes. That's the rewind. I think we've done a pretty good job this season. I, I was I was relatively impressed looking back at how spot on uh, some of the takes were from week one and week two and those players that are continuing to have a really high output or have kind of fit the mold that I outlined could be a potential for them earlier on in the season. It's been fun to look back and see whether or not I was dead on or way off target like I was with some of that AJ Dillon stuff. So we'll leave you guys here uh, at the end of the episode with this quick little waiver segment. Um, waivers for this week, it, it's pretty tight. You know, you're going to go out there and get a lot of the guys I mentioned in this episode if they're available. Some other names for your lists, Zonovan Knight, the running back for the New York Jets. They're having some injury issues, and he had a really strong outing last week, got quite a bit of carries. Still going to be a timeshare there, but if you need a spot start running back, I would feel relatively comfortable having him at least until Michael Carter is back fully healthy or they determine that Ty Johnson is going to be the lead back. Jordan Mason, the running back out of San Francisco. He is uh, the only remaining healthy running back. It seems like Christian McCaffrey was put on the injury list this week. Not sure that that's going to impact his ability to play. I would imagine if CMC does play, he's going to get a majority of that work. Jordan Mason's not going to get any. But if something happened to CMC and he went down, Jordan Mason immediately is going to become super valuable in all of your leagues. Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar mentioned that Jacoby Myers is missing some time. Really good pickup. Tyquan Thornton, the other New England rookie who's very fast. Melvin Gordon, Kansas City. Kyron Williams, Los Angeles Rams running back, playing behind Cam Akers. And, uh, and that's it. That's the show. If you like it, if you enjoyed it, rate the show on Spotify for me and leave me, uh, leave me a review. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, leave me a review. Let me know how you enjoyed the show. Uh, you're welcome to send in any any uh, particular, like if you want a trade rating or you want to let you know who you want to pick up, you want me to rate your team, tell you your chances of winning in the playoff game, happy to do it. Leave a review on the page. Leave a five stars, and uh, and we'll see you next week for another episode of, uh, of Straightaways. We're going to do some more playoff priming coming up, so make sure you tune in and get ready. If you're still contending, we're going to win some other... Championships, baby. I'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Mm-hmm.